You can go. Oh, boy. <laughs> now, you know, we, we're buying a spotlight. We're just going to. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> you can turn the lights off for me, but not for that. <laughs> no, they can't read the music, Dan. So, Chip, I'm going to turn it over to you. I'm going to go over the. Oh, the announcements. Oh. I was, I was so overwhelmed with our visitors today, I forgot. <laughs> Just, yeah. Nancy's excommunicated. Um, <laughs> uh, just to let you know, we have, we have a uh, ice cream social coming up. Uh, there's two sign-ups over there. Uh, one, if you're going to attend. The other one is uh, what topping you're going to bring uh, for the ice cream. So, I'm sorry? You bring chip. I'll, I'll, bring, I'll bring sugar free. We're going to put them on top of the ice cream. That's all right. Uh, and the sign ups are on the board, so we can do that. Listen, I want to give you an update on the summer lunch program. Um, the, fa the families, uh, the children, the number keeps growing now up to 136, okay? Mm -hmm. And 63 families. Uh, Mary Lou and I stopped by there yesterday. Uh, we do not have enough drivers, so. I know uh, Chip was there, uh, Butch, of course, and, and Janine. Excuse me. If you're able to help out driving, I'm not sure how the coming weeks look. <coughs> okay, okay. So if you're able to help, help would be greatly appreciated. No, every other Saturday. So it's going to be two weeks from yesterday. Okay, good, July 1st. So if you can help, um, uh, that would be wonderful. Um, because tomorrow's a federal holiday, your office is closed, just want to make you aware of that. And um, a normal schedule this week, uh, Tuesday's prayer meeting, 10 o'clock, and uh, uh, cover your mic, Chip. Thank you. Men's group <laughs> will be meeting at 7 as usual uh, here. Uh, and then uh, 12.15 on Wednesday, we'll be doing a roundtable, the Theological Roundtable up at Tom's River Community Church. Uh, Pastor Fuji and I will be doing that. Uh, it, it's really good. If you can come out to it, you really should. If, you, if you're unable to come out, uh, it's always on Facebook, on Tom's River Community Church website. And um, it's good interaction. You can even ask questions by Facebook. So usually he or I will answer the questions that come up on Facebook and um, it, it's, it's just a, a, a very good time. 12.15 when we have worship um, then after worship we start the round table and we're usually out between quarter after 1 and 1.30 so it's, it's, a, it's just a really neat time of fellowship. It's actually a midweek service centered around the round table so it's, it's good stuff. Um, I feel like I'm missing something and I'm not sure what I'm missing but you have a bulletin, please read it. Uh, if you're interested in the trip to Sight and Sound, there's a sign up on the bulletin board. Uh, did I say that right? Sight and Sound, right? Uh, there's a sign up on the bulletin board. Uh, you can see Janine for more information. Moses. We need to know who's going by the 25th, right? which is not too far away. It's next week. Uh, and money's due by uh, the 16th of July. Now, you need to know that once you pay your money uh, to go, if something comes up, those tickets are non-refundable, okay? 
So it's good. I mean, it, it's, it's good. So if you, if you can come, uh, that would be wonderful. Uh, and I think that's it. I think that's all we need to know for now. Uh, can you hear me in the parking lot? Okay. Very good. Very good. All right. Let me get out of your way. Um, those who are able to stand, if you can stand, uh, we come in the presence of the Lord, and we are here to worship. Good morning, church. Good morning. All right, from Ephesians. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So good morning, Lord. Thank you for this day. Is everything all right? Is this on? All right. I, need to e I need to eat the microphone. Good morning, Lord. Thank you for this day, and thank you for allowing me to be here to worship you. You are the way, the truth, and the life, and nothing else matters in this world and beyond but your will. I confess to you that I am not a humble man. I am proud, I am willful, I am petty, I am sinful. And you see, I, 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 you see, Lord, even when I confess, it's all about me. But no matter how sinful I've been, you love me and prop me up. You give me strength and hope, and I can feel your love with every breath, with every sunrise, every laugh, every sorrow. Please help me to submit to your will fully and to make my life about you and for you. And I pray this in the most holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope for a life spent with you. So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy. Altogether wonderful to me. King of all days, oh, so highly exalted, glorious in heaven above. Humbly you came to the earth you created, all for love's sake became poor. So here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. And I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross and I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross 
So here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. Yahweh Shalom, Abba Father, shine your radiance upon us and bring peace to this troubled world. Your people need you now more than ever. Governments tried to dilute your word and marginalize your presence. Your churches are shattering because worldly forces want to change your word to suit their will. And churches accommodate them. People can be seen worshiping Satan openly. Sinful behavior is proudly displayed in public places and classrooms. Children are exposed to doctrination, lies, and bullying if they don't acquiesce. Lord, please teach us how to make us better people. Please help us to reach out and spread the word of your love and righteousness. Help us to turn back the rising forces of evil that are daring to operate openly. Help us to spread your word and heal our planet. And we ask your blessings in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet 
and a light unto my path. You're a light unto my path. Amen. What a what a great song. Lord, open the eyes of my heart and let me see your light and your glory. Please come into my life and set me to do your will. Show me your love and help me show it to others. For you are holy, Lord, and we all need you. All glory and honor be yours. Amen. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power of love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power of love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. 
holy, 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 holy. I want to see. Holy, holy, holy. I want to see you. Won't you please be seated? Hmm? Yeah. So, read with me, brothers and sisters, the responsive reading, Psalm 119, 103 to 105. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my, that's right, <laughs> sweeter than honey to my tongue, mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. So this dispatch shows how the word of God acts upon our senses and our feelings the word of God sharpens eyesight, makes everything taste better, gives meaning to every action, and guides us on the path of righteousness. So taste the goodness, feel the goodness, and see the path, the way, with a capital W, forward. Amen. So what's the theme? Light. Thank you. You get a gold star. God is light. Christ is the light of the world. And that's the theme. So before we get into the pastoral prayer, we want to um, first uh, honor uh, one of our graduates. Uh, his, you saw his picture up here. Uh, our own uh, Javier. There he is. <laughs> Come on, break a smile. He got the greatest smile in the world. He does. He does. I'm embarrassing him. That's an award for math he got, correct? So um, he's, he's doing very well in school. Now, this one concerns me a little bit because I think Teresa sent this one to me. Uh, this, this is a student celebration that th he had zero discipline in the fourth marking period. I want to know what happened in the other three. I was <laughs> he's a good, he's a good, good student. Um, and uh, he, he's uh, always helped us when we needed help, and he's been a blessing to us. Even though I can't get him to smile right now, he's been a blessing to us. But I, but I think I, I can do one thing to get him to smile. Come on up. He, uh, within a year or so, he's going to be taller than me, so I'm going to have to be careful because the whole world... He's already there? Nah, I got a, I got a little bit. So you know, our way to say congratulations is to do, see the smile, you see? The M&Ms. And uh, you can share it with them if you want, okay? If you don't want, that's okay. You can share it with me, all right? Congratulations. Well done. 
He'll be going into high school. And uh, we need to keep our students in prayer because what they're getting fed in school is not good by a long shot. So uh, pray for Javier as he goes uh, into Central Regional uh, High School and also our, our local graduates here. Um, if you look at your bulletin uh, on the front cover, for those who are here today and our dads, uh, whether you know your biological dad, your stepdad, doesn't matter. Um, we're both. Uh, by the way, being a biological father doesn't make you a dad. Correct? Relationship makes you a dad. And uh, we, we need to get back to what God intended family to be. And he intended it to be male and female. That's what the Bible says. So if anybody wants to argue with that, argue with the scripture. And not only that, he expects the men to take the lead role, not a dictatorship, but the lead role in the spiritual health of the house. And that's been a responsibility that was set up both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, especially in, in Ephesians. So I want to uh, just thank the dads that are here for day in, day out doing what they do. Um, some of you, uh, uh, if not all of you, go to work and uh, you, know, you put in your eight, 10, 12 hours, whatever it is. Uh, you work hard to support your family and uh, we appreciate that. Uh, sometimes, you know, when you're young, I don't, I don't know if kids appreciate all you do, but we appreciate it. One of the biggest problems in America and this goes across all racial lines, by the way, is uh, male abandonment in the family. It's a very big problem. And it's one of the reasons why uh, families are breaking down uh, in our country. So uh, kudos to the dads. Uh, we have our, our uh, gifts to give out, but I wanna read what's on the, the cover. It says, a faithful father, a father builds relationships that last through the years. He takes time to listen and helps to calm our fears. A father keeps his faith in our Savior up above, and his children find a refuge in the home he fills with love. And I think that's a really good picture of what a godly father ought to be. We're not perfect, but with God's help, we can provide the homes that, that he calls us to do. So we want to honor, if you're a dad, stepdad, um, we just, we, of course, you know, we, you got to eat, right? <laughs> so we, we, have, we have some chocolate chip cookies for you. Put your hand up if you're a dad or stepdad. Go ahead. I'll leave that before you and God, all right? Well, uh, all right, you got, got a couple back here. Make sure you get Mr. Chip, because we're giving chips. Chips and chips. All right. You only have one, Chip. 
So. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. Appreciate it. Both Caleb and, and uh, Naomi are homeschooled, and I'm their science teacher because of my pre-med background. Uh, so she's trying to get an A, and, uh, <laughs> and we know why, right? Yeah, you should give me two if, if that was correct. Sharon's a music teacher, uh, and Melissa is the everything else teacher. So uh, uh, it's, uh, it's been working out well. Um, as we continue to go on, I want to emphasize, please, keep the donations coming. We need pasta and jelly, correct, uh, for the free lunch program that we're doing. Um, it's pretty much empty over there. We need to fill that up as much as possible. I don't care if we fill the whole section. We need to fill that up as much as possible. Uh, the need is great. Yes? Any kind. You know, I mean, fettuccine, uh, rigatoni. I mean, you know, I mean, any, any. Uh, uh, well, Yoki, I mean, that's a fake pasta, you know. I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah, it's an imposter. That's right. That's right. And it's gravy. It's not sauce. <clears throat> I got I got pushback on that. That's that. She's Polish, so you know you gotta. You're excommunicated. So thank you, fathers. Please give Javier a hand. Give fathers a hand. And hopefully they get time to rest today and uh, uh, kind of kick back so you can go into work tomorrow. How's that? Some of you have off for Juneteenth, right? Yeah? You look? Oh, okay. Um, I just read this morning UPS might go on strike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we have a UPS driver in our midst, so if you don't get a package, blame him, okay? <laughs> he's, now he's turning red. As, uh, as we wait upon you now, uh, as we worship in giving, uh, we're going to ask couple of people to come up. Doc, as you well know, had a valve repaired. Not in his car. But in his heart. And this is on the new heart, by the way. Um, so he's doing well. He had a little rough time of it there. Uh, yeah, the virus. The, the, the virus gun. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody on my block is dying. They're gonna call him Typhoid Mary. He had, he had it first. So. Yeah, yeah. But he's looking good. He's back with us, and and he's looking good. He's one piece. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to keep these, this valve for a while. 
Uh, no, 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 no. If I send you flowers, they would be dandelions. I mean, I'd, so. So, but he is a living miracle. Yes, dandelions. Dandelions, N not dead roses. Da dandelions. My father used to put those in salad to eat. Anyhow, it's true. They're edible. Uh, <laughs> Where we are, aren't we? Uh, so just think on pasta. Pasta is the better, right? Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for faithful fathers. We thank you for uh, our, the opportunity you give us to be parents, to build relationships with our kids. We thank you for our children, Father. They, they are a blessing. And Father, we just ask that we can continue to be a positive influence in their lives. We ask that we can, um, we can just help, Father, help them navigate through the difficulties they face. And Father, I pray, especially for the young people today, pray for Javier and, and all the young people, that you would continue to reveal to them through your word, through your spirit, what is right in your eyes, not what is right in the eyes of the culture or the political world, but what is right in your eyes. May your word light their path. And Father, would you bless the offering, help us to uh, use it to further the kingdom of God, Bless the gift and the giver. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Most of you know I use a, a tablet. Um, I keep my notes uh, on a tablet for Sunday mornings, and I just glance back on, on them to uh, make sure that what God told me, I'm telling you through the passage. Uh, so I turned my tablet on yesterday and found out my notes were gone. <laughs> so it happens. Technology is great until it doesn't work. Um, so I do have some notes, uh, and uh, I don't I don't rely on notes a whole lot. So we should be we should be fine. But that, what that tells me is that Satan may not want this message preached. You see, so it, it, there must be something good in it, uh, and hopefully uh, it'll be a blessing uh, to you. Uh, as as we go into John chapter eight, starting at verse twelve, uh, I titled the message: "Have you met the light of the world?" Uh, light, as you well know, is very important, correct? Uh, in fact, without the sun, everything would die uh, right now. And um, light is important. If you've ever been into, in an area where there's no ambient light, you know what I mean by ambient light? Where it's total darkness. You can't even see where you're stepping. Isn't that true? And uh, if you're like me, ever since I was young, I fall over anything that's in my way. So if I can't see it, I'm going to fall also. Somebody else has the same problem? And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, so it's not unique to me. But, but light is crucial. Um, you know, I, uh, in prayer meeting, I said, I said to the people in prayer meeting, 
if, if Dr. K said you needed surgery and uh, he needed to operate on you and he said, but you know, I'm gonna operate in the dark. How would you feel? It's, you find a new doctor, right? <laughs> um, in fact, you know, he, he did some surgery overseas and they had to use what, flashlights? Right, in Haiti, they had to use flashlights. Can you imagine that? The brighter the light, the better it is for the physician, right? They can see, you know, more clearly. And uh, listen, I, this is not going to be a popular thing, but I have to tell you because the Bible says it. The world's system doesn't operate in light. It operates in darkness, okay? Uh, and it operates in darkness. And any time you operate in darkness, you get yourself into trouble one way or another. Uh, I remember years ago when I was in a parsonage, um, about 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, the phone rang, and the phone was in the kitchen at the time. Remember the old dial phones? Yeah. Hey, we had one of those. Um, so I get up, you know, in kind of a hurry and proceed to the kitchen, except the door of the bedroom was halfway closed, and I hit the edge of the, the door on the way out because it was dark. I couldn't see it. And, you know, I got hurt pretty bad from it. Um, so light is, is important, but what the world doesn't understand, and honestly, what we didn't understand when we were walking with darkness, in darkness before we met Christ, is that the world has nothing to offer us but traps and pitfalls. There's no other way to say it. Jesus, the day after the Festival of Tabernacles, goes back to the temple. In fact, look at this with me. He goes back to the, the temple, and he's in the court of women. You'll find that out later in the passage. But the court of women is where they have the treasury. There were like seven what they call trumpet receptors. The, these were containers shaped like a trumpet, little mouth and big kind of pear shape. And people going to the temple to worship would put their offerings in them. They, they each had a purpose. Okay, one was for the purchase of pigeons, one was for the purchase of lambs, and, and then the upkeep of the temple, and so on and so forth. But this is where Jesus decided to sit and teach for good reason. It was the most, it was the place in the temple that would have the most people. Okay, so in the Feast of Tabernacles, Part of that feast was an elaborate candelabra that was in the temple. And they would light the candelabra, and it was so bright, it, it would light every part of the temple at night very well, and also the surrounding area. It was incredible. And that brilliance was supposed to represent the glory of God, the light of the world. In fact, um, if you look in some, uh, some of the Old Testament passages, in Isaiah, some in uh, Malachi, or Malachi if you're Italian, uh, it, says, it says that Jesus, uh, I'm sorry, that God uh, 
is light. Wow. So it's against this background that Jesus starts to teach. And he says this, he makes this proclamation. I am. And really, that's all he had to say. I am. He's God in the flesh. I am. But he elaborates. He says, I am the light of the world. Now, this is the second I am statement. The first one was, I am the bread of life. And he said that two chapters ago, right, in John. I'm the bread of life. Now he's saying, I am the light of the world. Then he goes on to say, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, we need to stop here for a second because these two statements are very crucial. He is the light of the world. Understand that present in this crowd were the, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the uh, the scribes, the, the priests, and uh, this very claim made him equal to God, and that infuriated them. This Jesus, this guy from Nazareth, he's calling himself God. He's the light of the world. Then he goes on to say, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. And they say, who's he to say this? I want you to notice that word follows. It, it really caught my eye, and I really dug into it uh, in the original language. And um, I, want, I want you to, to see what this entails. Um, we use it glibly uh, uh, in the church, you know, be a Christ follower. But we don't know what it means. What does it mean to follow Christ? What does it mean? Well, it means a lot. Let me tell you some of the meanings that I pulled out of the word, the meanings that people would have heard in Jesus' time, all right? First, it's often used of a, uh, of a soldier following a captain. Isn't that neat? I mean, Jesus really is the captain of our soul, isn't he? And, you know, we're his soldier. Now, that following actually... Uh, Peter defines that a little further in 1 Peter. When he uses the word follow Jesus, the picture is he leads and we're to put our feet where his has been. Isn't that something? It's almost like having a, a snowfall and you know, have, you know, after the snowfall, barring any animals, it's, all, it's like one blanket. But the first person going out there, you know, they leave the footprints. And if it's real deep, you're better off following the person, right? Don't forget that Jesus goes before us in everything. Nothing takes him by surprise. And no matter where we find ourselves in, 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 in life, we're called to follow the captain, to walk by faith in the power of the Holy Spirit with him. That's just one of the meanings. The second meaning is it's used of a slave accompanying his master. Now you say, okay, that, you know, that's, that's not a nice picture. But in this case, you remember that Jesus, or the, the New Testament, I should say, 
uses the term doulos, which means slave, by the way. And when Paul describes himself, he says he's a doulos of Jesus Christ. That means he's, he willingly submits in love to the master. This is not something that has forced, but this is something of a free will relationship of a master who gave his all for his follower. It's a big difference, isn't there? Now, the slave is supposed to attend to whatever the master commands. Well, that means you have to be attentive. You have to hear what the master wants. I want to suggest to you that's kind of where we fall short many times. Because when we divorce ourselves from the word of God, from prayer, from that still small voice of the Holy Spirit, we don't know what our marching orders are. And even as believers, we can start to walk in a wrong path. There's another meeting. It means to accept a wise counselor's advice. There's no wiser counselor than God and Jesus, who is fully man, fully God. We think we know better sometimes, don't we? <laughs> well, let me tell you, on our best days, we still are wrong. We need the word of God. We went through half of Proverbs. Proverbs are wisdom, right? Learning from the, actually the mistakes that Solomon made when he thought he could do life apart from God. See, even as someone who was saved, if I can put it that way, he chose to live in the darkness of the world system. And he says this, apart from God, everything's vanity. It amounts to nothing. In fact, you get into trouble. How else would you take 300 wives and four, what, 600 concubines? I don't remember. I mean, the guy had to be insane, correct? And he, did, he made a lot of bad decisions. Scripture, God was, was really clear. He says, look, don't, don't intermarry because when you intermarry out of the faith, you're going to be forced to worship idols. So what did Solomon do? He did what he wanted. And he got in trouble over it. We need to listen to the counsel of a wise counselor. The one who is the light. The one who is the expert. The one who judges justly. And then last, it's often uh, used in terms of obedience. We don't like that word anymore, right? I can't tell you how many couples now write their own vows. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, but they've really missed the crux, uh, I think, of, of the vows. I mean, I've, I've heard ridiculous ones. But, they, you know, obedience is not a dirty word. To love, honor, and obey, it's not a, it's not a dirty word. When two people are walking in the light, then it's not 
difficult to submit to one another. Isn't that right? Because now you got the best interest of the other person at heart, not your own selfish interest. You're going to do what's best for the other person. And so we need to be obedient to the light that God gives to us, his word. So when we say follow Christ, it's more just an intellectual, than just an intellectual following. Uh, it, is, it is a commitment of heart, mind, and will, the entire person, to following Christ. I would suggest to you this is one of the biggest weaknesses of the American church today. In the, in the American church today, too many times we're more interested about being entertained than being disciples of Christ. We're more interested in what the church can do for us rather than what we can do for the Father in heaven. We're more interested in our own selfish reasons than glorifying our Father. Listen, today's Father's Day, and fathers should be recognized. We recognized mothers last month, and you know, to me, um, being a single dad or, or a single parent uh, is, is one of the toughest jobs in the world. But having said that, every day is Father's Day when you're walking in the light of Christ. Because now our purpose is to glorify our Father in heaven. Isn't that true? Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have what? The light of life. How easily we can get sucked back into the world, even as believers. And that's why Paul, in Romans 7, he says, look, we all struggle with this. The things I know I should do, I don't do. The things I do, I don't want to do. And he says, who could save a wretch like me? And then in Romans 8, he breaks into worship, for there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And Romans 8 is all about walking in the light of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Because on our own, in the darkness, we're going to fall. Whoever follows him will never walk in darkness, but you will have the light. Listen, don't misunderstand that. That doesn't mean everything's going to go your way. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to have problems. And that doesn't mean you're not going to go through times that you really don't understand what's going on. What that does mean is that Christ has gone before you. And if we want to walk in the light, even through difficult times, by faith, in the, power of the foot, uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit, we follow in the footsteps of Christ and do what he would do to glorify the Father. Of course, the Pharisees challenged him. You have light in Christ, now you got the darkness. The Pharisees, the self-righteous, uh, the legalistic, Pharisees who thought they were better than anybody else, who thought they'd never sinned. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony's not valid. 
Well, they had a law back in Jesus' time that in order to validate a story, you had to have two witnesses. And by the way, just so you know, the culture of the time, women were not allowed to be witnesses. How nice, right? But you needed two valid witnesses. So they're saying, look, we don't believe a word you're saying. You're the only witness here. <laughs> in John chapter 1, where it says in the beginning, the word was with God. The word was God. And then a couple of verses later, it says the word was the light of life. And then when you go down to verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh. The incarnation, Jesus being fully human, fully God. Whatever he said was true. Whatever he said was true. And he tries to, to show the Pharisees this. Now listen, before I, I show you how he does this, uh, realize that whenever we ignore the word of God, whenever we rely on our own self, self-righteous behaviors, legalistic attitudes, we're slapping God in the face. We're saying we don't need him. The Pharisees represent darkness here. Look how Jesus handles this. He answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. Why? He's God in the flesh, right? He says, for I know where I came from. Where did he come from? Heaven. He came from the Father. I, and he says, and I know where I'm going. Where is he going back after the resurrection? to sit at the right hand of the Father. And then he goes on to say, but you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You know why? Because they were blind. They ignored Christ. They were walking in the darkness. Here you have the light of the world standing in front of you. And the only way you can't see that light is if you're spiritually blind. I was, were you? I would dare say it's the Holy Spirit who takes away those blinders and enables us to see the light of the world. So Jesus is saying, look, you know, you, you, Pharisees, your argument doesn't hold water. He says, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. Why? Jesus can't lie. <laughs> it would go against his character, right? Plus, he knows where he came from. He came from the Father. And then he expands this a little, and he says, you judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. What he's saying is, I came in the world not to condemn, but to save sinners who were lost. But then he follows that up, because he doesn't want the Pharisees to think that you're okay. No, you're not okay. He says, but if I do judge, my decisions are what? True. Because I am not alone, I stand with the Father who sent me. He's telling the Pharisees that, look, your sin is blinding you. Your sin is blinding you. You're walking in darkness. And he says, 
That may be a judgment, but it's true. Their mistake was they wouldn't follow Jesus. And he goes on to say, in your own law it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. He says, I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Isn't that great? Do you realize that you have a witness in heaven right now? You have two witnesses, actually. You have the Holy Spirit and you have Jesus. Because right now, for a time, as the Bible teaches, Satan has access to the throne of, of the Father. And his job is to try to sideline us, discourage us, destroy us in whatever way he could. So let me give you a typical day in, uh, before the throne. This is what Jesus, uh, this, is, this is what happens in heaven. Satan will come up and say, hey, you see, Lou? He doesn't love you. See what he did? He's, he's mine. And at that point, it says, Jesus stands up, and he shows his marks. And he says, no, I died for him. He's mine. And nobody can take that away. He's our witness before the throne of grace. Does that mean we're perfect? No. But what it does mean is that once we come to him and follow him, we're his because he redeemed us by his blood. And not only that, this is all in Romans 8, by the way, if you want to look it up. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us also. Do you ever have one of those times where you, you know you should pray, but you just couldn't for some reason? Maybe you were so overwhelmed with with uh, fear or confusion, whatever the case may be, grief. And we don't know really what to pray. And later on in that same passage, it says, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. And let me show you how that might go. Uh, you know, Lou down there, he's going through a tough time. He, he, he doesn't really even know how to pray right now, and if he prays, he's going to pray for the wrong thing. You know, if I'm going through a tough time, I might pray that a piano falls on somebody. I, you, know, I, you know, that's the wrong thing to pray for, right? And then, don't tell me you haven't done that. <laughs> okay. The Holy Spirit then intercedes, intercedes for us. And says, Father, Lou's upset. He doesn't really know what to pray for. I will pray for him. I mean, that's neat when you think of that. I can tell you he bailed me out more times than I'd like to admit. Last couple of verses, then we'll close. Then they asked him, where is your father? What a stupid question, right? Where is your father? They might be thinking of Joseph, who's not on the scene, of course. He probably died earlier. Um, you know, they're still thinking in, in natural terms. 
And Jesus says this, and this should really grip us. He says, you do not know my father. He's saying that to the religious leaders. You don't know my father. He says, if you knew me, you would know my father also. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through who? Him. If you knew me, the writer of Hebrews says that Jesus is the mirror image of God, the Father. Why? Because he is God. If you knew me. I'll give you one more Greek lesson, okay? In that, in that verse 19, that word knew is the same word that's used in a marriage as a husband and wife intimately know each other. It talks about relationship, knowing, experiential knowing, not just in the mind. You can know something, right? And it has no effect on your life. But if you really know something, it's going to have an effect in your life. It's not just about the mind. In James, James writes, you know, you say you believe in God. But the devil also believes. Wow. He knows it up here. But he never made it from here to here. This talks about having an intimate relationship with the light of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only way we can do that is that we, first of all, trust him. That he went in my place to pay for the sin I could never repay. He paid my debt in full, once and for all. But see, he doesn't stop there. Then he says, follow me which calls for commitment, calls for discipleship. It calls for a commitment of our mind, our heart, and our wills to now be lovingly obedient to the captain of our souls. The Pharisees never got it. Some did. Nicodemus did. Joseph of Amarathia did, but most of them didn't, didn't get it. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. If you remember, prior to this, the temple guard was, was sent out to seize him, and they couldn't. You know, They said, this man talks with great authority. And so, of course, the Pharisees really got on, on their case. But here again, he, I mean, the Pharisees, their blood pressure was going through the roof at this point. But nobody was able to seize them. Why? Because it wasn't the Father's time that Jesus be apprehended. That's going to become more evident as we go through uh, the, uh, the gospel, this whole thing about God's timing. Uh, let me just say this. I think one of the other things that has hurt the church in America greatly 
is we don't know what it means to wait on God anymore. We want everything now. In fact, we don't want it now. We want it yesterday. And that really has hurt. It's hurt prayer life. It's hurt trusting God. It's, it's, it's hurt in a lot of ways. Listen, God answers every prayer. He answers it yes, no, or he's going to answer it differently than what you're praying for because what you're praying for is not good. And sometimes he says, wait. I use the illustration often. When Joey was young, you know, five, six years old, he used to come and watch me shave. You know, I shave with a razor and shaving cream. And I have a pretty thick beard. It would be a mistake at that age for me to give him a razor and shaving cream and say, go ahead, try. I mean, his face would be all cut up. Why? Because he's not ready for it yet. He doesn't have the coordination it takes. Plus, he doesn't have any hair, you know, uh, on his face. It would be a disaster. It would be like giving a seven-year-old the keys to the car and say, go ahead and drive. It would be a disaster. Not that that hasn't been done. <laughs> but it would it'd be a disaster. They weren't ready for it. Sometimes we pray for things that we're not ready for. We need to do a little more growing, a little more trusting before God can answer that prayer. Listen, if, you, if you've not put your faith in Christ, in the person and work of Jesus Christ, today's the day to do it. He is the light of the world. Today, the light of the world stands before you. For those who have never trusted him, I would urge you to do that. Simple prayer, Lord, I know I'm a rebel against you. I know I'm a sinner. Lord, I know you went to the cross in my place and died for me, paid the penalty for my sin. Lord, please come into my life. And as he comes into your life, he'll start to change you from the inside out. And then he's going to give you the call that he gave all his other disciples. Come follow me. It's not an easy way, but there's no better way. If you've trusted in Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you find yourself being pressed back into the mold of the world, into the darkness, it's one step of faith back. Confession. I mean, true, heartfelt confession. Repentance. John says in 1 John, if you say you have no sin, you make God a liar. But if you do sin, we have an advocate. There's that word again. We have an advocate in heaven. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. What a great God we have. You see, we need to read and study scriptures. Study is not a swear word either, by the way. We need to meditate on the scriptures. And meditation is not a bad word either when Christ is the center of that. And then don't groan. We need to memorize them. Oh, I'm too, I'm too busy to memorize. No, you're not. 
I'm too old to memorize. No, you're not. You remember the things that are important to you. You remember commercials on television. You remember a lot of stuff. It's amazing. I, you know, I, I associate with Trekkies, you know, Star Trek fans. I mean, we can quote lines from, from the, the shows and the movies. So don't tell me you can't memorize. We need, to, we need to memorize scripture. Because when life happens, if scripture's not in here, the, the Holy Spirit has nothing to work with to get us through what we're going through. And then by faith and the power of the Holy Spirit, we need to put what we learn in practice. Of course, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Now listen, and I'll shut up. We need to worship together regularly. Celebrate the Lord's table with a confessed heart and actively serve our Lord in the way he directs us. Excuse me, through his word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the light of the world. Listen. We should be concerned for what's happening in our schools. I've had several meetings with the superintendent and assistant superintendent, private meetings, about what's happening in school. And they did not go well. It, was, it wasn't heated or anything. It was just total darkness. We should be concerned about what happens to our country politically. And you should vote. I would never tell you who to vote for, but you should vote. That's, that's a privilege and a right you have as a citizen. You should vote. But let me tell you, our only hope is in Jesus Christ, period. He's our only hope. And if the country continues to go down the way it's going, if culture keeps going the way it's going and slapping God in the face, well, how does the culture slap God in the face? Well, listen, there's not, there's not 74 genders, there's two. How do I know that? Well, first of all, God says it. Second of all, biology says it. And third of all, there should be no argument. God created male and female, period. God also has the last word about morality. You see all the violence that's happening? My neighboring town where I grew up, I grew up in Rutherford. Clifton was right across the river. Ratut. Um, <laughs> this week there were seven shootings in Clifton. We used to leave our doors open. The violence is increasing. People are walking in darkness. But don't forget we were one of them. And but for the grace of God, we're here. Why am I telling you this? Because we have a world outside those doors that need to know Christ. 
Now, we can't force anyone into the kingdom, nor should we try. We can't argue anybody into the kingdom, nor should we try. But we can love people and point them to the grace of the cross. That's all we can do. Only God can save. But all we can do is point them to the grace of the cross. I firmly believe if there's any hope for the, our country, our culture, is going to come through either revival in the churches and a spiritual awakening in the country, or else things are going to continue as they go. I don't care who's in the White House. Do not get caught up in what's called uh, Christian politics. And the reason why I say that is simple. Our commission is straightforward, given to us by Jesus. Go into your world. And he doesn't say make converts. He says make disciples. Teaching them all that I have taught you. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's our commission. And when we get involved in all this other stuff, it distracts us from our commission. And you know what Satan does? He laughs. Go ahead. Be distracted. Go ahead. You know, put your hope in so-and-so. Put your hope, you know, in, in this and that, in this program, this program. Because if the gospel is not being proclaimed, then the kingdom of heaven will not spread. There's a lot here. I'm sorry I got kind of lectury there, but I thought it was necessary. And again, I would urge you, if you want to know life, the reality of life, know Jesus. If you want to know a life that's worth living, follow Jesus. And if you want a life a forgiveness and new purpose, lovingly trust him no matter what. And I can tell you this, God is good. I'm going to ask uh, the singers to come up. and I tried to get Sharon to put a microphone on today, but she wouldn't because she was singing. Sounded really good. One of the tenets of um, Martin Luther's 95 Theses, Martin Luther being the reformer, right, <laughs> was sola Christos, in Christ alone. See, in Christ alone is our only hope, which is stand place. Chip? In Christ alone my hope is found He is my light, my strength, my song This cornerstone, this solid ground Firm through the fiercest drought and storm What heights of love, what depths of peace When fears are stilled, when striving cease My comforter 
my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, Till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid, here in the path of Christ I live. There in the ground his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. And as he stands in victory, since curse has lost its grip on me, for I am his and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I stand. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I stand. Here in the power of Christ I stand. I want to thank you for taking the time to come out this morning and, and worship with us. To the fathers, again, I say thank you. Javier, well done. Enjoy those M&Ms. Nancy, I expect you here next week. All right. And good to see you guys. You guys are always welcome. Let's pray. Father, how great you are. For those of us who know you, we are united in the Holy Spirit. We thank you for that union. We thank you for our brotherhood and sisterhood. And Father, again, I pray a special blessing on, on the fathers. I pray for Javier that uh, he would celebrate his achievements and that you would protect him and watch over him as he goes into high school. Father, help us all by the power of your Holy Spirit to walk in the light. I will be careful to give you the glory. And all God's people said? Amen. Hey, that's great. Have a great day.